You're about to hear a podcast made by listener-supported KALW. Please consider pitching in. Text TBHPOD to 44321 and decide how much you can donate. Thank you. KALW. This is TBH. I'm your host, Samuel Getacho. This podcast is made by, about, and for teenagers, and for anybody else who wants to hear what's on our minds. We weren't expecting to make this episode. Right now, I'm speaking to you from my bedroom in my family's apartment in Oakland. I haven't left the house for a few days, except to go grocery shopping and on the occasional walk. Suddenly, I have no school and a lot of time on my hands, and if you're around my age, you probably do too. Here in Oakland, we've been out of school since March 13th in an attempt to stop the spread of COVID-19. It's almost hard to remember, but a little over two weeks ago, everything in my life was completely different. On Thursday, I had a regular school day. I went to the gym. I had an end-of-season celebratory dinner with my mock trial team. I had plans for the weekend. And then in third period, on Friday the 13th, an announcement came on the loudspeaker to tell us that school would be canceled until April 6th. I couldn't hear most of the rest of the announcement over the cheers that broke out from classrooms down the hall. I don't think most kids understood the gravity of the situation then. A lot of students were just hyped for what they saw as an extended spring break. I didn't fully understand it either. I was a little nervous about prom and graduation being canceled, but there was no part of me that suspected that that random Friday could possibly be my last day of high school ever. But four days later, California Governor Gavin Newsom said that it is unlikely that California schools will reopen for this school year. Let me be candid. Um, This is a very sober thing to say. Um, And I can't say this with certainty, but I can say this quite learnedly. Uh, Don't anticipate schools are going to open up in a week. Please don't anticipate in a few weeks. And I say that because one needs to be honest and I need to be accountable to you. I don't want to mislead you. Uh, to six-plus million kids in our system and their families. They need to make some plans at a time when a lot of plans are already being curtailed. But planning with kids is some of the most challenging uh, planning. I would plan and assume that it's unlikely uh, that many of these schools, uh, few if any, uh, will open uh, before the summer break. I first started to hear about coronavirus back in January, from snippets on Twitter and occasional current events updates from my government teacher. A lot of the attention then was on Wuhan, a sprawling city in China where the virus started. I'll admit that I disregarded it at first. My internalized American exceptionalism got the best of me, and I assumed that it was just like the Zika virus or Ebola, something that might wreak havoc overseas but wouldn't do much damage in the US. Maybe a few memes and insensitive jokes here and there, but it felt like just another foreign disease that the media would obsess over until the news cycle found something else. And in a few months, someone would say, remember coronavirus? Whatever happened with that? I started to get nervous when Italy went on lockdown. A friend of mine told us how an Italian exchange student she'd befriended last semester was now quarantined in her home, confused and scared without a clear end in sight. And then a college visit I had planned got canceled and then a week-long arts program in Los Angeles that I'd been looking forward to got canceled, and one by one, every trip or event or performance that I had planned for the next few months was canceled. Universities across the country started to move online. My classmates and I continued to go to school, even as districts nearby started to shut down. 
and we watched and wondered what would happen next. This was in early March. The President of the United States started holding press conferences. He called COVID-19 the Chinese virus and continued to defend the use of the term even as reporters and politicians pointed out the negative implications of doing so. Why do you keep calling this the Chinese virus? There are reports of dozens of incidents of bias against Chinese Americans in this country. Your own aide, Secretary Azar, says he does not use this term. He says ethnicity does not cause the virus. Why do you keep using this? A lot of people say it's racist. It's not racist at all, no, not at all. It comes from China. That's why. It comes from China. I want to be accurate. Yeah, please, John. As I said before, words have power. That kind of blatant racism, by him and by others, has had a chilling effect on Asian Americans. Let's take a minute to hear some perspectives from a panel of high school students from San Francisco who have felt the impact. They were recorded before their schools and their city were shut down. My name is Samantha Kwong. I'm a junior at Abraham Lincoln High School. They're very open. Like, when they hear someone sneeze and it's an Asian person, they'll say something like, coronavirus. One incident I heard was like, this Asian lady sneezed, and then this, these, this group of teens, they like, shouted coronavirus, and then she like, asked them like, coronavirus? And they just like, laughed at her. I am sad and angry when I reflect because I feel like I can't do much about it. It's just like I have to take it. My name is Casey Tang. I'm a junior at Abraham Lincoln High School. I feel like racial discrimination is everywhere. And for some reason, everyone just thinks that once you cough or like an Asian person or Chinese person coughs, they're like, oh no, you have corona. But that's not true. And you can't really just like think that all Asians have corona if they just have like a common cold and it's not like other races can't have corona. People shouldn't think that way. People shouldn't just assume things like that. My name is Isaiah De La Cruz. I am a sophomore attending Burn High School. People are just like, oh, he's Asian. You know, he got coronavirus and all that. And I, I really hated that because People are taking this as a joke, but in all seriousness, since racism is like so common to us, it's like, it's, you know, it's whatever and all that. But like, now people are like, they're hating us for something we didn't do. And they're just taking it out on us. So then when people just keep constantly bringing up, it just uh, kind of just gets to me, just angers me. My name is Clementine Lowe. I'm a 10th grader at Burton High School. There's people staring at me just because I'm Asian. I feel like teachers should explain to students that you shouldn't be making a joke out of it. There could be like one day that they'll stop telling people to come out of their house because it's in our city right now. Since the virus going around, it's only going to increase. We should be worried and we should prepare for what's going to happen in the future. And so here we are. I've been particularly disappointed by our lack of compassion as a community in the face of crisis. Perhaps naively, I expected better from the Bay Area in 2020. 
But stress and anxiety can bring out the worst in people. And I keep hearing stories of Asian Americans experiencing harassment on the street and in grocery stores for simply existing. At a time like this, many people's instinct is to look for someone to blame. But we need to understand that racism is not a solution to this problem. Asian Americans are being impacted by the consequence of this virus just like the rest of us. And scapegoating an entire demographic is regressive, foolish, and does absolutely nothing to solve anything. Since everything has been shut down, I'll admit I've lost almost all of my sense of routine. Days have been blurring together, my sleep schedule has morphed into something truly shameful, and sometimes I forget to eat three meals a day. I've started making to-do lists every night with goals for the next day, but I'm usually lucky if I get a few bullet points down. No matter how hard I try to focus on the schoolwork that my teachers are sending me, my mind inevitably keeps drifting away to anything else, and I'm far from alone in this. Let's hear how other members of the TBH team have been dealing with school and life during the coronavirus crisis. We'll start with a student from my school, Oakland Tech. Uh, my name is Cho Song Tenzin. I'm 17 years old and I live in Oakland. Currently I'm feeling overwhelmed and worried because the coronavirus has quickly affected all of our lives and impacted our daily routines and education system and social interactions. It's just been a very quick and abrupt change in a lot of our daily lives. I don't know, I've been pretty overwhelmed because our teachers are starting to adjust to online assignments and I'm getting like an overflow of assignments from every single teacher and their directions and their plan for the next three weeks or until or until I don't know when to be honest yeah I've been home doing homework it's been hard not seeing my friends but I pretty much try to text FaceTime Snapchat my friends Instagram like just keep in contact with them in any way possible I miss them and I'm actually a junior in high school so I'm not as affected in comparison to seniors I think. I feel like it sucks because prom wise prom might be getting canceled and I don't know if they're gonna let graduation happen. Let's hear from another point of view. So my name is Matthew Policarpio. I'm 17 years old. Right now I'm living in Richmond, California with my family. I don't really know what to think about this right now. Like at first when they announced it at school, it was just going to be three weeks of just staying at home. Kind of sounded like a much needed break to me and everyone. Like we were just kind of getting burnt out from school, but now that we're hearing from the government, I think me and everyone in my family can agree this is kind of just getting ridiculous and out of hand. Like, just the thought about how we're not going to be able to go outside for, like, probably six months, even the rest of our lives, even. And how I'm going to not even graduate high school and not even walk across the stage and get my diploma kind of just gets you a little bit depressed. Like, you don't really know what's going to happen. 
guess overall, like just keep keep up with new people. I've been joining a lot of college group chats and just meeting new people, trying to get to know them. Like any friends that want to talk, I've just texted them. I've been talking to some like other friends at school that I don't really talk to that much about maybe like playing some games and stuff just to keep ourselves occupied. I don't really know what else to say, so yeah, that's it. Thank you, Matthew. We've got one more perspective to share. Pan and me. I'm a high school student from San Jose, California, and today, much like every other day, I am attending online school. Usually during this time, I would be on break, eating snacks, watching YouTube, or just chatting with my friends in the college counseling room. But now, I'm watching Netflix alone and finishing some homework. I miss my friends a lot, but we've been FaceTiming and chatting online. Yesterday, with the free time we had, my best friend and I were digging through some old boxes filled with projects and drawings from elementary school. We read to each other old stories we wrote and laughed together when the sentences didn't really make much sense. And in those moments, I felt really grateful that we still had each other and we had the resources to stay in contact in the midst of this outbreak. This morning when I woke up, I opened the blinds and was immediately met with this gorgeous blue sky, with the trees just lightly swinging and the birds still chirping. And it was amazing because it had been raining for a couple of days now, so I was super ecstatic to see everything clear up. I then just opened my window and this breeze came in and it felt so fresh and so liberating. And I, and I just felt so happy that I could still enjoy some of the wonders and beauty of the outside while indoors. Thank you, Hannah. As a poet and a writer, I'm not often at a loss for words, but there is something I cannot manage to articulate about how I feel about this crisis. A part of me feels defeated. Another part of me hasn't fully accepted reality. Like many in my generation, I grew up reading dystopian novels and watching post-apocalyptic movies, judging the actions of fictional civilizations and characters. Some moments feel eerily familiar, like I'm living the stories I spent years reading. And while there's fear in that, I also think that there's power. It's easy enough to condemn the misdeeds and complacency of people in our history books and tell ourselves that we would have done better. But this is our opportunity to do better. When you see Asian Americans being unjustly persecuted in public, stand up and say something. When you hear racist sentiments expressed by the people in your life, say something. I found one grain of comfort in this situation. This is the first contemporary issue of my lifetime that every facet of society has experienced together. The severity of the consequences vary wildly depending on privilege, yes, but no one can avoid being impacted at all. The cynic in me is disgusted at the inequality there, but the optimist in me hopes that this will teach us a lesson in empathy moving forward. I want to leave you all with this. We are nothing if not each other. Care for one another. Love one another. The human species is a resilient one.
We will get through this together. You've been listening to TBH. It's produced by KALW Public Radio. Thank you to all the teenagers who contributed, and thank you to Shireen Adel, Daoud Anthony, Gabe Graben, Awan Mance, Kristen McCandless, Holly J. McDeed, James Rollins, and Ben Trefney, and to the Association for Continuing Education, the California Arts Council, and Cal Humanities for their support. If you've liked what you've heard, be sure to spread the word. You can do that by giving us a rating and a review on your podcast provider. Thank you for listening. Signing off, I'm your host, Samuel Getachew. You just heard a podcast made possible by listener support. You're a listener. Please take the next step. Text TBHPOD to 44321 and decide how much you can donate. We appreciate you.